Welcome to the second episode of Fairy Tale Lane. I cannot be more excited to be sitting back here in my closet and telling you about a good friend of mine, Joanne Hell. Joanne and I have known each other for almost eight years, and she truly is a fairy tale maker. She's your go-to for all things party in the coastal bend. She's done both my kids' birthday parties on numerous occasions. When I moved into my house that I'm currently living in, Joanne was my right-hand person. She vetoed all the things that don't belong. She knows how to read my mind. She's deep in my soul, sister. Um, Joanne Howell is the name and the face behind what we all know as Oh Goody events. She has always been the hardest person for me to get a phone call with. Our conversations are primarily by text, but I was so lucky enough to get Joanne and grab a little bit of her time for this second episode of Fairytale Lane. She stays so booked for months and months on end. Um, so to have her find a little bit of time for us, for me, was just truly the best way to start my week. Um, you know, just to tell you a little bit more about Joanne on a more personal level, she is a single mother. She has three teenagers, one young, all young adults, really, Lily, Billy, and Emily. And they are really the, her reason for the hustle. I mean, she is always going and it is truly to provide for them and to, as we learn, keep her sanity. Joanne is a symbol of resolute and astounding perseverance. And so through the time that I've known Joanne, she has gotten divorced and she has moved, she had moved to a brand new city and she started a brand new business. And Joanne has now as a small business owner conquered probably what has been the hardest hurdle and most difficult time for any small business owner out there. And that has been our global pandemic. So without further ado, I am so excited to bring to you Joanne Howe. Oh, goody. It's Joanne. Good morning. Where are you sitting? Well, I'm in my car like you told me to be in my soundproof booth. <laughs> it sounds really good. I mean, your car is, I'm in my closet, you know? Okay. And my closet's in no better condition than it was cast I recorded. In fact, it's in okay. worse condition. Okay. I have a vision because I know your closet, so... Oh, tell me, what is, it, what is your vision? Well, I mean, I know what your closet looks like. Oh. So I'm envisioning you on, on your bench with clothes on the floor and shoes and whatever <laughs> you described last time. So Yes, you know my closet. It's there's yes. And there's still, um, I think what helps too is that there's a bunch of clothes hanging from the shelves because, you know, there's these built-in shelves on uh -huh. either side of where I'm sitting. And so there's clothes just hanging from these shelves. And Perfect. that needs to be not hung up, not folded, not in the drawers. They're just hanging. They're just hanging in a balance, much like my life. Yes. So hanging by a thread, literally hanging by a thread. So speaking of things in my closet, there's a black bag in my closet. And inside the black bag has five bottles, five glass bottles of salt wrapped up in green oh. paper that yes. I purchased from Wildflowers. I raced to Wildflowers and I saw the 
the Yay. Instagram post of your salts. Awesome. I'm so excited about your salts. I have lavender and rosemary mm-hmm. and then chili, chili lime. lime. Mm-hmm. So yummy. You know, I used the chili lime this weekend on popcorn. Oh, good. That's what everybody's telling me they're using it for. So that's good. I'm glad. There's, it's so good. And I really want to do. I put it do... on everything. Like I have never really been a chili lime fan until I accidentally made that one day. And I was like, oh, that's really good. And I just fell in love. And now I literally put it on everything. It's so good. good. So how did you. you so tell me about the salts. Because, okay, first and foremost, tell me about the salts. But also, this isn't something that I'm surprised by. Let's just go there. Well, like everything in my life revolves around some party I'm doing or an event or a client or whatever. So I had a holiday party back in early December and they wanted some sort of gift box they could hand out and they didn't know what they wanted it to be, but come up with something we know you can. So I was like, okay, I can do this. This is fine. Whatever. Well, then they actually reached back out to me and said, we were thinking about maybe doing a salt like can we pass out salts? Can you make a salt gift box? And I was like, sure, no problem. Yeah. That's easy. So I just started researching salts and looking at the bottles and the flavors. I was like, this is so easy. This is not anything that's outside of my wheelhouse. Like I can create these salts and just make them myself. This is easy for me to do. But the hardest part of that project for that client was coming up with a way to make the sea salt go with the event like like the packaging cohesive yeah because the event it's a new company it's not new but it's a new company that they've created again to kind of like new beginnings was the um oh uh-huh so i'm sitting here just thinking like how can i make these salts make sense like I mean, yes, salts are a great gift. How nice for the holidays. Like I can do holiday flavors. Like that all makes sense. But how can I make it come full circle with new beginnings and this business that they've just started? So, of course, in my creative brain, it just came to me, seize the day. Like seize the day. Um, This is what they're doing. They're seizing the day. They're starting this company. New beginnings, all things new. But, of course, I'm going to spell it S-E-A-S, the day seize the day because it's sea salt I love so it. that's what I went with and I ran with it and I I didn't even you know I sent them the idea they loved it I ran with it I created the flavors the chili lime is something I had act, actually accidentally made in my kitchen around Thanksgiving time um, I was looking I was making some pecan brittle and I wanted to kind of jazz it up a little bit and I kind of just shook a little bit of something I had on hand And it just kind of came to me like, oh, that tasted really good. And that tasted really good on that pecan brittle. I think I might be onto something. And I know chili lime and everything is such a hot, popular kind of flavor right now. Like for the bar, your drinks are just in, you know, food in general or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. everything. So it's like, oh, my God, I think I'm onto something. Like, I'm not going to forget about that. It's busy right now, but I'll come back around to that when I need to. So when I needed to come up with flavors for salts for that I knew for sure one had to be chili lime because I wanted to see that come to fruition and see how that came together. And then, of course, um, rosemary, which to me is just a super basic, sophisticated, nice sea salt to have just sitting on your counter if you don't use it or not. 
And then I wanted to create one bath salt, which to me, I wanted a winter bath. So I just did vanilla lavender and we spiced it up and, you know, packaged them and put it all together. And it just kind of became like, I would totally buy that. And the guests at the party were just like, I had them sitting on each chair. So they received that gift when they sat down and when they opened them, they were just blown away. Like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing. I don't know if they ever saw like the seas the day. Like that to me, that little detail was like, okay, everybody better figure that out. I just, <laughs> was so creative, but they were really just like, oh my gosh, these salts are so beautiful. I can't wait to use them. And I still to this day have people who follow me on Instagram who were at that party that are like, I just can't get over these salts. They're so beautiful. And that was, you know, back in early December. So I just kind of knew right away that it was something um, at the party. I had my photographer would kind of like made little vignettes, like while they were eating and I wasn't, you know, tending to anything. I kind of made little vignettes with the salts. I was like, take pictures because this is going to become a thing. Like, I just know this is going to be a thing. So we got some really great pictures, thankfully, And, um, I just said, I'm just going to make it something. I'm going to turn it into a thing. Well, then I just had Terry from wildflowers contact me. I saw your salts because I had posted them, you know, about the box and everything. And I want to sell them like, but I want, you know, different flavors. What can you do? So I was like, yeah, that's easy. So let's do these flavors. So I just came up with ABC, whatever. And I put her logo on it for like private labeling, private branding. And she sold out in two days. Like I couldn't even get them there fast enough. People were texting me. How do I get it? Where do I go? What do I do? And I was like, please just go to Wildflowers and pick them up because I've just delivered 60 bottles. And next thing I know, she had texted me saying they were sold out. And can you do a, you know, another run for Valentine's day? What flavors can you come up with? So I've got that all packaged up and I'll be de- delivering to her this week, Valentine's flavors, which you'll have to wait and see, I guess. what. Oh, we don't up. get a sneak peek <laughs> of what the Val, okay. There is a sneak peek on your social media. Yeah, there's a sneak peek on, there's a video on. On Oh Goody my, Designs, Insta yes, and Oh Goody Designs, Facebook. Yes, so you can go check it out, but there'll be uh, four flavors, one returning flavor, and three new flavors at Wildflowers this week. And, of course, the returning flavor is chili lime because apparently now nobody can live without it. So Can't live without it. And it blew that. my mind when you just told me it was on the peanut brittle. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was <laughs> no, totally an accident. So and I took it to a friend's house for a friend's giving. And people were, like, fighting over the brittle. And I was just like, I, I, this just happened. Like, it practically just spilled on my counter. And I just kind of mixed it together. And I was like, oh, my uh, God. Now a thing. Like, Joanne, it was delicious. Of, it's so good. I put it on everything, um, literally everything. Um, it just works. So anyway, I'm and- super excited. Um, actually another, uh, local business is going to carry them for Valentine's day as well. That made Ooh. in CC, uh-huh. um, over, you know, off, uh, staples that sells everything. Lo- you just said something that blows my mind also, because when I met you, when I met you, we met as client coordinator, right? Yes. And right. you brought me this beautiful, clear box, party in a box, that had yes. a confetti wand in it. And your confetti wand was beautiful and packaged awesome and amazing. And that confetti wand was sold na- nationally, like nationwide. Worldwide. Worldwide. Right. 
Yeah, so, so that box when I met you back then, that was my little like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm the party planner box. It was like a clear box full with confetti. And then it had that wand in there and my business card. And that was what I handed out to every potential client at the time when I met with them for the first time. Incredible. Um, and so that confetti wand, again, if you believe me, was totally made on accident in my craft supply room one day. I had bought those plastic tubes for another event. I don't even remember what I put them in, put in them candy or something. I don't know what. And yeah. I had a whole bunch laying around on my craft table one day and I had some confetti because there was just always confetti laying around. And I thought, I wonder what would it look like if I stuck that confetti in that plastic tube and I stuck it in there and I was like, that's so cute. Will it come out? So I tossed it and it flew out everywhere. And I was like, the confetti wand has been born. Now this was probably what, six or seven years ago? Maybe. Or maybe I feel like longer. Ago. Yeah, almost a decade yeah. ago. At least eight years ago when confetti and confetti wands weren't a thing. Right. Like, this was not a thing. So I had my graphic artist come up with a really great label. And I was like, oh, I have to make this a thing. And so I marketed it on my Etsy shop. And that's where anthropology found me. Because apparently they rummage through Etsy shops to find things for their stores. And when I got the email from anthropology, I thought it was fake. I thought it was You're kidding. not real. I was like, this is a joke. This is spam. How did yeah, this get this into is, my inbox? This is totally spam. <laughs> I can't believe it. Delete. I even showed it to my mom and my sister who are business women. And they're like, oh, that's not real. Just delete it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I have a feeling it's kind of true. So I Googled the lady's name on the email. Uh -huh. And it came up that she did, in fact, was a marketing director. She had, you know, things came up on Google about her name. So I was like, no, I'm responding to this. This is, I'm not going to delete it. So I responded, you know, I'd like to give you more information, what if, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I heard immediately back from her that she did indeed work for anthropology. They were interested in my wands. How many could I make and blah, 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 whatever. Wow. So anyway, that's how that all started. And I mean, that feels like a million, jillion years ago. So I'm ready but. for just your salts. I'm ready to see them yeah. in Williams-Sonoma. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So <laughs> however we can make that happen, I'm like I dream about it at night. I just feel like they, they're so beautiful. They are. And to me, they just look good just sitting there. They're such a great, easy gift. I mean, you can't go wrong. You're not allergic. You can't, you know what I mean? Like every, it fits everybody. So I'm excited to, I'm totally ready to see them in Williams-Sonoma. I hope they call me and I just can't wait to see what happens next. Yes. I can't see, I can't see that these salts are just going to be where it ends. I mean, right. you had posted something on, I guess it was the gram yesterday, maybe, or the day before that you did trash in the box. Yes. And that was yes. awesome. That was yes. so brilliant. And then you're not only just party planner extraordinaire for private parties, but then you relaunched a whole new concept recently for the Rice School, which is a local nonprofit. Right. And you went to the, you literally went to the laces for yes. this and put laces in the clear box and put laces on everybody's doorstep. Yes. So the Rise School every year has a fundraiser um, and they have a 5K, 10K race. Well, obviously this year, everything's crazy with COVID and nobody, you know, just things are just, you know, 
twisted and turned around. So they hired me to kind of put a different spin on it about how I could help them uh, with their race this year, create more uh, interest and maybe possibly help get more donations. How could I help? What can I do? So again, I'm all like, well, it's a race and let's pass out shoelaces because 2020 has kept everyone on a shoestring budget, which of course I just, that's genius. That's, you know, why people hire me. So we box up shoelaces, labeled them, sent out emails, and we hand delivered over a hundred shoelace boxes to local uh, sponsors um, and hopeful, hopefully new sponsors as well. So that was a lot of fun. That was back in November. And when uh, is the race? December when that took place. February 20th. February 20th. Oh, that's just right around the corner. Yeah. So it's just next month and they're still going to have the race, but they always do like family activities and all inclusion activities after the race downtown Mm -hmm. at uh, Water's Edge Park. But this year we're just kind of playing it by ear, seeing what, the culture and climate's like for COVID to see if we continue with the after race activities, but the race is still definitely taking place. Okay. So I'm seeing a common thread here. You are definitely doing it anyway, right? Despite COVID, despite any of the challenges, you're reinventing and you're blossoming and doing it anyway. You're saying, oh, goody to the opportunity of what it has brought to you. What does that look like for you when you have to sit down and you have to start again and you've got to like grab that momentum? What's your process there? Well, honestly, it was really hard when everything came to a screeching halt. And I mean, honestly, back in March, when everything came to a dead end, everyone was on the top of their game. Things were just like going like crazy. We were booked solid throughout the entire year, every weekend big events, you know, birthday parties to anniversaries to dead parties to just you name it, whatever, we were all over it. And I felt like at the beginning of the year, everything was just like turning, turning, turning like a well-oiled machine. Nothing could stop me. Of course, that's that's just kind of how I play my game. I just try to stay 10 steps ahead of everybody. And I don't look or listen or bother to see what anyone else is doing because I just, I don't care. Um, so anyway, we're trucking along and the next thing I know, you know, here comes March and everything comes to a screeching halt. And I, I do admit that I just kind of sat there, you know, for days in a stupor, kind of like, what am I going to do? Like, what does this mean? I can't stop my rhythm because it throws me totally off, you know, rhythm and off course just in my whole entire lifestyle. Right. Um, cause I just wake up in the morning, I get busy, I pound the pavement, I get my kids from school, I come home and make dinner and I sit on my phone answering emails until I fall asleep. So it's just basically, it's just how my life evolves. So when I had to figure out how to continue to party and how to continue to help people do to celebrate how, whatever they needed to celebrate that was coming around, the first thing that we did was offer the front door decor balloon packages. Yes. So I was like, somehow I can still help people party and celebrate, even if they can't leave their house, at least the front door, I can show up and either it's a surprise and they see it in the morning or they know it's coming, whatever, either way, we can still make this grand, you know, effect for whatever celebration. So thankfully we had, you know, 
A lot of people call and contact us for that for birthdays. And then March turned into May, which means graduations, which means we were decorating doors for graduations just morning, noon, and night. Oh, wow. Um, It just became just balloons everywhere up at, you know, 4 a.m. to get a house decorated for a surprise and then move on to the next one. It was just one after the other. We were traveling out of town to do doors, you know, in other cities and cities that have balloon companies, you know, so it was just like call your local person, but people were calling us and wanting us to travel up there and do that. So, I mean, I don't say no to anything. So there we were, you know, blowing up balloons and traveling and just doing whatever we could to make people happy. At the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone's afraid. Right. So people are probably even afraid to see you at their door. Oh yeah. So that's the thing. Like we're showing up in masks and gloves. People aren't coming outside. I'm like, that's fine. Just let us do our things. You know, I would say, send me a picture of your front door or I would go by to take measurements. You know, you don't need to see me. It's fine. I'm here. I can do my thing and I'm going to leave. Send me a picture of your door so I know what to anticipate, whatever. And, you know, that's just kind of how we dealt with things by text or whatever. And I would work with the client to say like, you know, so-and-so will let you in or the gate will be open or, you know, just stuff like that to right. logistically to make it, you know, easier for us when we showed up or whatever. I mean, we went, you know, through a lot to just get things done. And, um, but that's just, you know, kind of how I work no matter any, the any way the circumstance. So that really wasn't anything too unusual for me. But um, anyway, the balloons just became just huge. a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, and then, I got to where I was like, I don't want to be known for balloon, you know, like, I don't right. want people to think I've totally changed course and only do this or whatever. So, um, thank goodness, you know, I had contacted and I worked with Posh and Posey. And so we just became just a, a team. Like there was nothing you could do to, you know, change our minds. This is what was happening. Um, she got to know me really well, like about, you know, nitpicky this and that or whatever, but she's very patient and understanding and, you know, is learning along the way just as much as I was about different things we just kind of immersed ourselves in anything and everything balloon online um she has a ton of knowledge she knows what she's doing so I felt super comfortable you know diving into that with her Mm -hmm. and now it's just that has created such a great business relationship for the both of us teaming up doing things now that parties are coming back around I'm still able to hire her to do what she needs to do you know for an event that I might be having or whatever. So it's really turned into a great business relationship as well as a great friendship, which I'm super proud of. I mean, you really Um, are something of a um, path blaze trailblazer, right? I mean, you really came into Corpus, no contacts at all. No contacts. No family here. Not a single friend. No family. Not a friend. I didn't know what street was what or where, whatever. I lived trying to find my way around town for a year. Easy. Um, I just remained busy online. Back then at that time when I moved here, I was probably doing more product assembly than I was events coming from San Antonio where I was doing more events than products. But Coming here and not knowing anyone and not having a client base or anything, I had to stay busy. So I just turned back to my products. And that's when anthropology happened and all of that. So I'm really proud of that time that I was really trying to beat the pavement and meet people and shake hands and get out and network so that people who 
didn't know who I was, the new girl in town or whatever could understand, you know, what I did and what I could do or whatever. Right. Um, so I really relied, I really relied on my products, um, creation and assembly and everything at that point in time again, because that's how I started. I mean, before I even did events, I just did parties for friends like, oh, you want your kids party? Cool, fun, y'all help, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Never thinking it would be like my career or my profession I just kind of did it for fun and I didn't get paid but you know these people had really cool parties so that was way before people even took pictures or it was way before Pinterest so I was doing these cool parties for friends before people even cared it was just always you know my kids were small at the time too so I would blow blow out big parties for them as well but shoot I mean I hardly have pictures of any of them it's just all in my brain or if you were there you know and you saw it right so, I mean, this, my kids are 21, 17, and 15, so this is years ago, <laughs> you know? So, it's like way before anyone even cared about parties. Parties were not a thing. And so do your kids I, want parties still? No. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Um, so, I really started as a product girl, and that's where my name, Oh Goody, came from is because when I was in San Antonio, my kids were small. I've always just loved creating different things for the holidays, like the trash or the, the yeah. park boxes or whatever. Like I've, I have been doing that for 25, all my life, let's just say. So when I was just getting started, I was delivering candy, homemade candy, chocolate dip, strawberries for Valentine's Day, et cetera, whatever you could think of to a local coffee shop in San Antonio. Oh, Wow. Yeah. And I didn't have a name. I was nothing. Like I would literally stay up all night after the kids went to bed, dip strawberries, dip pretzels, make chocolate covered apples, whatever, any confection, marshmallows, whatever, bag them up. Like I do beautiful labeling, whatever. And I just, that's just what I did. I never thought like, this is going to become my life. Like I just did it for fun. Right. Make a little bit of spending money, whatever. Well, I got in with that coffee shop. They wanted a weekly delivery of this or that or whatever. And I was like, cool, whatever. And every time I would make a delivery, they'd say, oh, goody, the candies are here. And I'd be like, yeah, here you go. Thanks. Have a good day. Like it never dawned on me. It never crossed my mind. I was just like, so really like relieved to get the delivery made, you know, another week or whatever. I, you know, drop it off and be on, go on with my life. But after like a few months and they'd be like, oh, goody, you're here, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, I see a threat. Like, like, what am I going to call myself? And I started realizing that's so funny. Every time I show up at the coffee shop, everyone screams, oh, goody, because they loved my treats. They loved my candies. They loved whatever. They were happy to see me. So I was like, I'm going to call myself, oh, goody. And that was just when I was just doing candies and boxes and whatever and treats. I wasn't, I mean, I was planning parties, but not like what I do now. It's like, oh, you want a party for your kid? Cool. You know, like it was just like something I did for fun. Right. Um, so when I, you know, just started getting more parties and more parties and taking more pictures and posting and whatever just kind of developed into, oh, I guess I'm a party planner. Um then I just, you know, I kept with the name of Goody Designs because I was designing events and doing things. And it was way more than just chocolate dip strawberries. Mm. So that's where I got my name. And that's how it started. And that's just it. That's why I never want to give up like the little treats I make or whatever, because that's that's who I am. Like, that's where I started. Like, that's where it all 
came from. Always come back to the core, yeah, right? Always. I've always, anytime I've ever had a pandemic or a divorce or a move or whatever, and I've had to reinvent myself, I've always been able to come back to that. I, I know I can do this. Let me make a trash in a box or let me make some bark or let me, you know, it's just, right. that's just comes out of me so easily because it's just something I've always done. I don't be like, Oh, what can I do like, Oh, I can't think of any, that never crosses my mind. Like, okay, I'm going to make this trash and I'm going to say 2020 was trash and let's get on with 2021. And then I'm going to post it and then everybody's going to freak out. You know, <laughs> but, to me, but to me, it's like, this is so stupid. Doesn't everybody do this? You know? No, everybody so... does not go back to making something with their hands. Isn't that incredible? No, I, it, I mean, it is. It's super incredible. And I feel like as part of my events, if you know, you know, like if you've ever been to one of my events, you're going to receive something I've made by my hand, with my hands. If it's not me with my hands on it, it's my assistant, whatever, but I've taught them how to make it. If it's a party horn or a confetti one, or it's a box of this, or it's a box of that, you're going to get away with something I've made or I thought of and I've created that goes with the party because that's just who I am. Like I can't, it's just always going to be a part of me. And what are your kids doing? I mean, your kids are in the background doing their own amazing things. Your, right. your son is super handsome, a football player, right? Hockey yeah, but don't tell him because he knows all about it. So. <laughs> Hockey player. <laughs> you yes. know, your daughter, Emily, has is you reincarnated. I mean, yes. she's also started her own small businesses. Right. She was doing lettering. Yes. So both of my daughters are super. And my son is creative, too. He just won't admit it. Like, every all three of my children are very creative um and it's just because I know I've raised them that way let's color we're gonna play with play-doh this is what we're doing you know like Mm -hmm. these are the I'm the arts and crafts kind of mom you know when they were small like we're gonna play outside then we're gonna come inside and paint with bubbles you know it's just that's the preschool teacher mom and me yeah Um, before I started doing parties and before I had kids I taught kindergarten I taught preschool so I was always like what are we doing this week these are our activities like it's on the refrigerator (laughs) I was that mom and I still am it just isn't about arts and crafts but they're so super creative Lily who just turned 21 can hand letter and draw like she's just so creative she just she just won't make a business out of it. She's just trying to get through school. She also teaches preschool right now. So her classroom is super cute. Like that's mm-hmm. where she puts her energy. Um, yeah. She puts her energy into hand lettering, you know, all the little cubbies for the kids and making cute signs for the classroom and stuff like that. So, and I'm happy that she can do that because I used to do that. And that made me happy decorating right. my room. Um, Billy is very creative too, as well. He can draw really well. Like, you know, he's a guy, so he's all into trucks and rockets and, you know, stuff that go. So, um, but he's very creative in his mind as well. Like he's extremely like smart and street smart. And just like, he's going to figure it out. If he wants to know something, he's going to figure it out and he's just going to do it or he's going to read about it and he's going to figure it out. Um, so he's, all into everything um he's super into his truck right now so he's all about you know rebuilding old cars and he just has an old mind like he loves 
collecting. He mm-hmm. loves antiques. So he's that's his creative path is antiques and collecting and mm-hmm. things that, of interest to him. And he's very creative in his room. Like he'll arrange it and make it. And we're not allowed to touch it. Like the cleaning lady's not allowed to touch this shelf, you know, et cetera. He has rules. I mean, so that's his creative, you know, outlet. Yeah. And Emily, who just turned 15, is just as creative as they come. And I just, I can't wait to see like what she becomes in the next few years because she really is like a mini me um, only in the fact that she's very creative and she's just like sharp as a tack and can think of anything. She really wants to be like a set designer. Like she wants to live in LA. Like nobody can change her mind. Like this is happening. She is a California girl living in Cal Allen and we can't figure out how to get you know, California <laughs> fast enough. And um, so that's just who she is. She's very bohemian. She's super into everything like love peace and serve all um so i really hope you know can she continues down that path to just stay creative and do her own thing she started her little shopify may lily's account she's making jewelry um, mm-hmm. just handcraft anything i mean like anything she's literally just can you know she she can do it all it's really amazing she's decorated her own room we've just moved this summer into a bigger house and I said, this is, I'm going to give you X amount of money. You buy what you want. You know, I would buy it or whatever. And then you tell me what you want. I'll buy it. And I'm just going to leave it to you. And that's a big deal for me because I'm super like control freak. I'm like, I, this is how it's going to be. But I told her when we moved because she's so into interior design and what she wants and she knew exactly what she wanted. She had like a flow chart and a list and a this and a that. And I was like, fine, I'll buy it. You put it together. And sure enough, I mean, we kept Urban Outfitters open during the <laughs> pandemic. I can promise you. And as it all came, little by little, like she has moved around and moved and set her room up. And it just looks like a catalog. Like it looks like it's straight. It's off the Urban Outfitters catalog page. You know, I absolutely love that because one of the things that I'm hearing is that your kid, they're all creative. They pulled this from you. No, no doubt. Right. Right. Um, but there's something more to that. And there is something that they saw you do. Right. Right. So, I mean, they saw you overcome a humongous hurdle in life and just go forward with no bullshit ambition. Right. Right. Which we, which we all did, which is one of the things I love about you. And, you know, you and I became friends almost instantaneously. And then we really connected post-divorce, right? Then we really had something. I mean, you were a shoulder for me to cry on and complain to and just wallow in my own self-pity about. But outside of that, I mean, your kids have really seen you just rise above any challenge. And so here's my question for you. When you, if you were to title your book, what's the title of your book? Just do it. No fear. Don't be afraid. No fear. Don't look back. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, that's really all I can ever say to people is just do it. I mean, I remember when I was going through my divorce, I was so scared because I was literally being left with nothing. And I had to feed three children and find a house and do all these things that women going through divorce 
mm-hmm. have to experience. Right. And I had never done that before. I had no idea. I had no family down here to lean on. I had just the friendships that I had made and clients that I was trying to keep happy and have parties and huge budgets and keep it all straight and have a smile on my face and look good doing it. Mm-hmm. And I just said, just do it. I have no other option. I have to do it. I have to power through and I have to do it. I don't care if I have to fake it from eight to five every day with the biggest fucking smile on my face and then come home and cry myself to sleep and get up and do it again, but just do it, do it. So your only option, you have to, you don't have a choice, just do it. And that to me just kind of goes for everything. Like you just have to do it, just do it. And no matter how much I worry about something or it's not going to work out, I need to go measure again, whatever. It's like just power through and just do it. I've so what's had your, any- what's your eye secret? Because I know for me, when I was crying myself to sleep or like, you know, my closet is my haven. This is my cave. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even cry in my bed. I cry in my closet and that's and even still like post-divorce when work is too stressful or if my kids are preteening, driving me batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm in my closet crying. This is my thing. Do you have a secret like tip? What you I do. cried in the shower. I never let my kids see me cry. Right? Never. Not once. They don't even know mom cries. Mom to them is doing something at the computer, making something at the kitchen counter, pulling something out of the crap closet, making it into something else, whatever, moving forward, powering through and getting it done. Just get it done. Just making shit happen. How I do you hide turn... that swollen eyes? You just cry in the shower and then you get out and you get in bed and that just I don't know I guess I perfected it (laughs) (laughs) I have one of those rollers those jade rollers Uh that I put under my eyes because it you know decreases the swelling I'm allergic to crying though I have a see I'm not like I'm a pretty crier like I I cry and people don't even realize I'm crying. They say like, wow, your eyes look so pretty when you cry. Like I'm that <laughs> crier. And I'm like, oh my God, when I'm crying, hug me, you know, whatever. <laughs> but no, I'm the, I, I guess I, it doesn't really ever affect anyone or whatever. Or they didn't notice or they didn't care or whatever. Who knows back in those days, whatever, what was going on. We were all so in our different little world. So, but even today, like if I have a stressful day or, something's not working out how I want it or something goes wrong. I've just learned to be like, you know what? Fuck it, whatever. Like it's going to, it will be what it is. I will make it the best it can be. However it needs to be. Right. If that makes sense. So what that has to be with life in general, like where we're living or what we're doing or what's for dinner, I will make it be the best it needs to be. However it will be. If that's a party and something is not going to come in or the this or the that didn't work out. Guess what? I'm still going to make it be the best it can be for whatever it needs to be. And I just feel like that that's how I just need to live my life and run my business because I will try my damnedest and my hardest to make everything perfect. Um, and normally 99.9% of the time, that's how it goes. But there's always those times when something you didn't plan on happening happens and you have to deal with it. Like you just have to face it. You have to take it on. It's like taking the bull by the horns and just tackle it. Just do it. The Mm -hmm. faster you get it tackled and dealt with, the easier you can move on with your life. And that's just kind of how that's the rule I've made for myself as well. Like just deal with it, get it off the table and move on. But it's so hard sometimes. 
I know it's so hard, but it's harder to have to worry about it and to deal with it than to just tackle it, take care of it. And I think that's why a lot of people think I'm kind of hardcore and I'm a bitch. I'm not. You can attest to that. I'm like no, the nicest, funniest, most laid back person ever. But God damn it. If you throw me a curveball and XYZ, whatever, I'm going to fucking throw that curveball back so hard you're never even going to see it coming and I'm going to knock it out of the park. Like that's just... I want to get it taken care of. I want to deal with it. I want to know that everything's going to be okay because I don't want my clients to worry. In fact, I don't even want them to know that I'm fixing something. Like it's just a part of the plan. Um, And then by the time it comes around, like you either notice or you don't, and it's even better than what was supposed to be or it's taken care of. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of hardcore in that stance because it's like, it ain't coming back on me. So you better fucking fix it. And that's kind of where I think people think, well, shit, you know, like whatever. But I'm like, you know what? I have rules and I have expectations and I'm going to make it happen. Like, I don't care what it takes. We can agree. We can be mutually agreeable on this or that. I'm super easygoing. I can give and take whatever as much. But when it comes to making something happen that I said was going to happen, I'm going to make it happen. Now, are you a calendarer, planner, sketcher? Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Because I have a calendar on my desk. That's a three-year calendar. I have a calendar on my phone. I have a to-do list on my desk. That's like a sticky. It's taped to my desk Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. I change it every Monday morning. In fact, I was just doing that before you called me. Every Monday morning. Every Monday morning, and that's not it. I'm not done yet. I have a to-do list on my phone that I add to every night when I get in bed. And then when I wake up, I start checking it off. And I have a handwritten list. So at night when I go to bed, I add what I need to do tomorrow. I then transfer it to a weekly to-do list that Monday through Friday on my desk. And then I handwrite a to-do list every morning and put it in my car with a pen so I can scratch it off line by line as I get it done. And if I'm not done by four o'clock, I consider myself a failure. By four. Yeah. Why four? four? Is that because when Joanne becomes mommy time? So that's just like when you have conditioned yourself? Yes. That's how I've planned my life. I'm done by four. Now that doesn't mean I stop working. That just means that my errands and my to-do like physical things are done. And then after that, I get home and I regroup and then I turn into email, text, whatever. So what time do you wake up? About 6.30 or 7. Are you coffee or tea in the morning? No, tea. I don't drink coffee. You don't drink coffee at all? I didn't know that about Mm-mm. you. Mm-mm. I mean, if someone said, let's go have coffee, I'd be like, okay. I might order tea or get an iced tea. Mm-hmm. Ev- Every, off, every so often I do crave coffee because it's not really coffee I'm drinking. It's like creamer and sugar with a touch of coffee. <laughs> but I don't drink coffee so that when I when I do drink coffee, my eyes twitch like my heart is racing. Like, and I'm already, <laughs> I'm already that person every day that's like, I got to be here by five and I got to be here. like, I'm on such a tight, I keep myself on a really tight like clock schedule that anything else that's going to like pump through me that makes me hyper is not, I don't like it. I don't like how I feel. So, so green tea, hot tea, iced tea. You just said iced tea. Either. iced tea. Iced tea. I mean, I will do like a hot tea every once in a while, but really I'm just a down home sweet tea. Give me a tea with the Sonic cup, a foam cup and a straw. I love foam cups. 
what, so you wake up in the morning, what's your, what's your first go-to? What do you do? I turn on the TV to see if we're all still alive and the world is still spinning. And then I go down the hall and like knock on doors and make kids get up, whatever. And then honestly, what I do is wash any dishes that the kids might have left in the sink from the night before, Mm -hmm. take out the trash, clean the kitty litter box, throw it in the trash. And then the kids are already up getting dressed, whatever. I don't make breakfast in the morning. We're not like breakfast eaters. Uh Um, They can grab like a muffin or cereal bar if they want it. Billy drives himself to school. I take Emily um, because she can never get ready on time. I drop her off and I'm dressed ready to go to work and I either just go straight into town or I come home because I have you know computer work or whatever but I'm dressed I dress every morning like I'm going to work like no matter what so no WFH Lululemon athleisure yes COVID time some days yes I would say probably like 75% of the time I'm dressed in jeans and you know, whatever, a work shirt, but then there are maybe two or three days out of the week, three days might be pushing. If I know I'm going to go to yoga at night, then I'll wear like leisure pants, you know, yoga pants, whatever that day. Um, Like if it's my yoga day, because then I have to be like, I'm going to yoga tonight. You have taken up yoga. I've seen you posting about yoga lately, like frequently. Yoga has changed my life. Like it's literally changed my life. I'm just, I I don't even know how to explain it. So how did you get started in the practice? Well, over the summer, I had a really, or like during quarantine, when we were just sitting around not doing anything or whatever, I started getting a really bad backache. And I guess what I think now is a pinched nerve in my hip. I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> All I know is I could not walk. Like I was in oh so my much God. pain. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Like just and nothing I did. Massages, heating pad. I had injections, pain, nothing, nothing worked. And I was just, I do not know what is going on with me. And I had a friend that I knew was going to yoga and I kept like researching, like what was wrong with my back. Like it was a pinched nerve and massages weren't helping. I just kept thinking like, God, like, I just want to stretch. Like I need a really good stretch. I know that'll make me feel better. And I have a friend, Shelby, that was going to yoga. She's like, just come with me and see what happens, whatever. And I was like, yoga, yoga, you know, like it was like the mats and the clothes and I have anything to wear. <laughs> Like, I don't know anything about Are you yoga. super I mean, flexible? Are ready to start with? No, I have like zero flexibility and zero core strength. Because I'm crunchy. So I, like, if, I mean, literally, my joints crunch when I move. I'm so old. And like, when I go to yoga, I'm just like, don't anybody look at me because it ain't pretty. But I'm here. <laughs> okay. So I went with her. And I was like, I really like this. Like, I love the stretching. And I was like, not about the bells and whistles and the hands and the humming and whatever. I was like, okay, I can do without that. But I need to keep doing this stretching. So I continued to go with her and I really liked it. And it got to where I was like, yes, this is what I do at this time of the week, whatever, at this day, this is what I'm doing. And so I went with her and I got really like, into it like it just became a part of my week and I started feeling so much better and the next thing I know like my pain was gone like and I don't want to say like okay yoga cured me but like I want to say yoga cured me yeah and I was also going through a lot of like mental stuff with it being quarantine Mm -hmm. and not being able to party and work and do all the stuff that I was normally doing you know on a day-to-day basis and running 100 miles an hour just every day running my errands or whatever it really grounded me and made me stop and be like, you have so much 
to be thankful for. Like, stop worrying about the files. Stop worrying about the budget, at least for an hour. Mm -hmm. Put it all away and focus on yourself, which I never, I mean, seriously, in 48 years, I've never done that. That is hard. That is so hard. And I mean, like, turn the phone off, like, ring her off, put it in the bag, and put the, and that that was so hard for me, like, the first two times. Like, but I need to check my phone every 15 minutes. Right. Whatever. I just, it was really hard for me to get over that. But once I finally, like, succumbed to it and was like, this is what I'm doing, like, I was like, yoga is the best thing ever. So I just want to say that, like, if you never take time for yourself, like I never do or I never did before I started doing that, I just realized, like, oh, my gosh, like, I needed this time. I need to, like, stop at least for an hour and take care of my body and do something. And and it helped me. Like, my pain is gone. Like, not once have I ever felt that again. And now it's something I look forward to. I'm totally into it. Now I've started going to... um a more fitness kind of type yoga, not so much like true yoga. Right. So it's more like fitness based, um, which I really enjoy because, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't mind all the true yoga aspect or whatever, but I really have been enjoying more the more workout type yoga. Sure. Um, what is that? Do you know what that's called? Is that like a vinyasa, hatha type? Do they say? I don't really know because I don't know. I'm just all I know. I just go like I've been doing the yoga lotties. Like it's like Pilates and yoga mixed together, which I really like. And then I just did for the first time yesterday, the beach bar yoga, which, okay, first of all, everybody knows I love the beach. Mm -hmm. And then that's your Sunday reg. Yes, my Sunday regular. So you can find me on the beach somewhere on a Sunday. And so now I was finally able to make it because honestly, on Sundays, I'm tired. If I have a party the night before, I'm dead, like mentally, emotionally, physically, everything. Like I'm tired. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to go to this beach yoga, but it's always Sunday morning at like 10 o'clock. And I'm like, gosh, just, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I'm just so tired. Right. So finally, yesterday I was like, nope, I'm going. And I went and I was like, nope, that's it. I'm sold. I'm here every Sunday. This is what I'm doing. And I just loved it. Like, cause I love being on the beach. I love being in the sun mm-hmm. and to work out and do all that, like in the place that I love was just like, this is so me. Like, this is, I don't want to go to a gym. I don't want to work out inside. I don't want to do any of that. Like, I don't want to run down my street. Like none of that's happening. But like <laughs> work out on the beach. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Do you really, I mean, do you absorb because when you're doing that, I mean, for me, when I'm doing yoga, I'm just thinking about how I'm not in my warrior pose deep enough, right? Because I'm constantly gauging myself and judging myself. But do you take it in? I mean, you've been practicing this. So you just said you're able to kind of like zone in on that moment. I can imagine like being at the beach with the waves and the seagulls. Yeah, it was so relaxing. And for me, it's not so much the beach and the waves. It's more of like the sun. Yeah. Like I love the sun. And y'all all all just, when I die and (laughs) whatever, just go on with life. I know it's from the sun. So, but it's just who I am. Like I love the sun. Like it's my drug. Like I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't overeat. I sit in the sun. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm having a bad day, I'm going to drive to the beach and I'm going to get out of my car. I'm going to put my chair. I'm going to sit in the sun because the only thing that heals me. Yeah. And I haven't, I never knew that until I moved to the beach 
Really? I never had a beach to sit on. Yeah. But I would sit in the sun at a pool or wherever, you know, I happened to be at the time. It's just something that has to do with the sun. Like when I go to Dallas to visit my mom and my sister, I mean, I don't have a beach up there, but if I'm like, I got to get out, like I will go sit in the backyard in the middle of the blazing Dallas sun and sit on the lawn chair. And I'm all it takes is 15 minutes and I'm done and I'm back in the house. Like mm-hmm. that's all I need. It's just something about the sun. I don't know. It's my drug. Like I said, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't overeat. I sit in the sun. I love that. So what's in your beach bag? So my beach bag has not much really it's kind of pretty basic like maybe sunscreen of like four <laughs> Again, my mom is listening I know it should be like a hundred whatever but I mean I like to be tan uh, I'm not like oil or whatever I mean I'll put an SPF on but it's pretty low sunglasses twizzlers um that's really basically all there is like maybe I don't take anything like a magazine or whatever because I just look at my phone. Yeah. Maybe a hat or a ponytail holder, you know, something like that, or, you know, a clip for my hair. But really, that's basically all that's in my bag. And I usually have a chair. In the summer, I keep a chair in the back of my car, a beach chair, and my beach bag. And it doesn't leave my car because at any minute, I could be like, fuck it. I got to go to the beach. Got to go. Do you have a, sp- a spot that you go to all the time, a regular spot, or do you kind of just whatever's closest? Um, I kind of take it, they, like, every time I go, like, I love to watch the windsurfers and surfing, like, I'll just sit there and watch them, so I'll try to look in the sky to see if I see, like, windsurfers or kites or whatever, and I'll kind of drive to wherever I think that is. Right now, I've been going a lot to, like, Whitecaps, that, that area, mm-hmm. just because it's easy. Mm-hmm. If I have my kids, then I'll go more, like, into Port A, so we can make a day out of it, go eat go to the candy store or whatever. But if it's just me, I'll just go like to the white cap area and just drive and park wherever I feel comfortable. I love it. Get out and go. That's awesome. And a lot of the times if I don't feel like driving out there, if I just need to like feel the sand on my toes in the sun, I'll just go downtown to Waterhead Park and just park in the lot and just walk across the street and sit down in the, in the sun for 20 minutes and just get back in my car. Yeah. Cause it's so easy. How you are about the sun is how I am about the moon. Yes. I you know you love the moon. Love the moon. Like since, so before, cause I just recently put a pool in, right? About a year ago. Yes. So before I had the pool, the trampoline was in the middle of the yard and right. I would put the kids down, you know, and I was stressed and I would go lay in the trampoline and just absorb the moon. Right. And then now that the pool is here, it's not like smack dab in the middle of the yard anymore. So I'll get, I bought one of these floats from Target. That's like a towel. It's terry cloth float. And oh. I'll literally climb onto that just fully clothed, even in my pajamas and float on that float. It's a round, it's a big round float. And it smells like dog because that's the one my dog likes to get on. Cause I have a right. water dog who hates the water, but he'll float. Uh-huh. And right. so that's his float. But so it smells a little like dog, but it's not too bad. And I'll get on there and just still like kind of lay there under the moon. Yeah. I love them. I mean, everyone needs to have their something that grounds them. 
right? And I guess I I never knew that now before I lived in Corpus that it would be the beach for me because mm-hmm. I never had that option. But now that I know that that's my option, that's just what I do. But before in San Antonio and Dallas, whatever, like it would just be a pool, you know, or just a, a chair out in the middle of the sun. I love to be hot. I mean, I it doesn't bother me. Like we all set up events outside and it's 120 degrees. And I'm like, what? Like it doesn't even phase me. Everyone's passing out around me, whatever. And I'm like, bring it on. Like I love the sun. I can't stand to be cold. Like if I have to do an event outside, like you will see me wrapped up in so many jackets. And under that I have on like sweatshirts and long underwear and whatever. Like I just, I'm so, so uncomfortable when I'm cold. When the going gets tough, bring on Joanne. Yep. Joanne can handle the heat. Can handle the heat. I love it. And that probably goes from living in Laredo for 10 years. <laughs> when we were first. I didn't have a choice but to, you know, be in the sun and it's beating down on you and there's nothing you can do about it. And I didn't, I mean, it never bothered me one time. And I think that's when I realized like, oh, I really like the sun. Like it feels good. It energizes me. I love that. I love that. I think that's so great because, you know, I mean, We all have that one thing, right? And it's always, if you really think about it, it's an organic deal. You know, like it's the sun. Like some people like to go sit in the park. They like to walk barefoot outside and that does it. Some people work in their garden, you know. Um, I'm not, I have terrible gardening skills and um, everything. I'm not, I wish I was a plant lady, but I'm not. And I really um, feel bad for things that I buy. Like, we just tossed a bunch of poinsettias and I was thinking to myself, the only justification there was that I bought them for a fundraiser. And so that made me feel good, but I was like chunking, you know, all these poinsettias in the trash. And I was like, Oh man, what do you do with them? But for me, nothing, they're not going to, they're not going to survive. No, I do not have a green thumb whatsoever. I try, I'm trying to make it look like I do, but I don't like the best I can do is remember to water them. And that's basically it. But I would love to be a plant lady, too. Like, I think that just sounds like so much fun. It does. I love plants. Like, I love shopping for them and looking for them. And right? I know what I want, but I just can't keep it together. Like, it's like just, it's, just it's to me, it's about, like, like, the same as gambling. Like, I'm going to spend $300. Like, I just put these hedges in, you know, for some privacy to get shield my neighbors, help right? them. <laughs> Not so much for me, <laughs> but more so for my neighbors. I'm sure she doesn't want to see me trolling around and creeping around my bathing suit all the time but I planted these things and like half of them are alive and half of them are dead and I'm just I mean to me it's like a gamble I'm gonna throw this oh, money no. I mean they're gonna win because they just take or yep. you know I know I did the same thing when I moved into my house that was what I decided I was gonna start spending money on was going to gills every Sunday on my way to the beach or on the way back and seeing what I could find if I need a new plant or what was new or what, whatever. And I have thrown, <laughs> I mean, probably pretty much all of them away. But, I, you know, I'm just like, well, I mean, I know this about myself. I cannot keep it alive. Right. I'm doing my best trying to keep my kids alive and myself. So if the plant dies, okay, fine. I'll go buy another one. I can't do that with my kids. You know, whatever. <laughs> so I just know that I made it okay with myself. I gave myself an excuse that if I had to toss it, I'd toss it, but I had to replace it. Mm-hmm. So that's my rule is if it, however many I throw away, I make a mental note and I stop by and I get that many more. I mean, it is expensive and it's not like where I should be putting my budget, but it makes me happy. It makes my house look welcoming and fun. And 
that's just something that I've decided that I want to do. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's true. And, and so, and for so many people, I mean, gardening is the essence of relaxation, right? Right. And I don't do that. I don't garden. I don't, you know, there, my escape is not physical. Like it's sitting in the sun. Like I'm not exerting any energy. Mm -hmm. So I need, you know, my craziness comes from work or I'm running here and I'm running there and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And so when it comes time for like me time, like I don't want to run. I don't want to run here. I don't want to run there. I want to sit down and enjoy myself. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of enjoying yourself and I won't take up too much more of your Monday and I'm sure there's things you've got to do though. I think Mondays are typically your day off. Well, I try to make it my day off, but it never works. So, I mean, I try <laughs> to take it a little bit, you know, slower. I might go to lunch with a friend or whatever, but really, like, by the time I get through making my to-do, I'm like, oh, gosh, I got a lot to do. I better get busy. So. Okay. Well, Rhett, one more question. Uh, there's something that I tell the kids. So, I'm going to try to make this a regular practice on the on the podcast, too. So, we do 15 seconds of gratitude in the house, right? And it happens any time of the day because... I just don't remember to do it always in the morning. And so we're either doing it at the dinner table or we're doing it in passing in the hallway. And I'm like, hey, have you done your 15 seconds? Let's just do it really quickly. And we'll kind of, I'll do it with one kid and I'll do it with the other. We don't always do it together. Right. Um, so what are you most grateful for today? Today, I'm really just super grateful that I have a job and I have work because it's so hard for me to see right now so many people struggling Mm -hmm. and not knowing where to turn or what to do or just how to survive. Um, And that could have been me. That could have so easily been me if I wanted to just be like, I don't know how, I don't know how to survive through this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make people party again but I'm really just thankful for my clients that have supported me and just kept me busy doing whatever if it was running errands I mean I did so much crazy stuff during shutdown that I don't normally do just because people were reaching out to me and wanted to help me stay busy booking parties for future events that they didn't even know when could ever take place so I'm just so thankful that I I'm here today. I'm able to stay busy. I'm probably just as busy, if not busier than I was before quarantine. And for that, I'm so thankful because it scares the fucking shit out of me to think about what would I be doing if I didn't have this? I'm not a punch in the clock kind of person. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. So I'm like, where would I be working? What would I be doing? Right. If it weren't for my business that I created and had you know, running like a weld or a machine before all this happened. So, I mean, I know I sound silly and I can't say it enough, but I'm like, I'm so thankful to have business because I know so many people are hurting right now and they're struggling. And I'm so thankful to be able to be helping other people have business because if I can have parties that keeps them in business too. And I love you so much. And I'm so glad that you were my very first guest on Thursday Lane. Well, I love it too. I'm honored that you asked. And I'm, I was like, what am I going to talk about? Like, I don't have anything. (laughs) I'm not interesting. There's nothing to talk about, but you're so interesting. You're fabulously interesting and you're vulnerable, which is what is so critical because 
I think a lot of people think about what being vulnerable is, you know, I mean, when I launched the podcast and I have had, you know, the 35 listeners that I've had, which I know are my dearest friends so far, but I had all of these text messages like way to go. You know, you're being vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. You're being raw, but I think right. vulnerability for oh, all stand of up us, again. I think vulnerability, vulnerability for all of us looks different. Right. You know, it doesn't always look like wearing your heart on your sleeve. And so, you know, we talked about you crying in the shower and me crying in my closet, but somebody else cries in public, right? Right. And that's okay. And that's awesome. And somebody else is really good with their words in public in the moment. And I'm not, I'm a digest digester, right? Like I, I have to think about it. Somebody's going to say something or something tragic is going to happen to me. And I'm going to kind of close up a little bit. I have to come into my closet and process and then I can come back out. But But another thing, like I've learned, like that's something that I've had to learn is to be on my toes all the time. Like if I'm in an interview or I'm with a client or if I'm in a vendor or I'm on the spot, like I have had, I have had to teach myself how to have a silver tongue in no matter what circumstance or environment um, that I'm, that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've really mastered that. And like <laughs> just becoming like who I am or whatever, I guess just with experience and this, like there's nothing I haven't seen or dealt with, whatever, let's be serious, whatever. So I feel like it's just, you know, the old me would have just said like, I don't know. And probably turned around and walked away and just didn't want to deal with it. And that just goes back to me saying like, just do it, just deal with it. Like get the words out, say it, what needs to be done and face it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I, in my position and that I'm in, I have to speak with so many different people, whether it's my client or really high end client, or it's a business, it's a corporation or it's a university or it's the city. Like I have to be on my toes. Like, 24 hours a day and it has to look right sound right and be right and that's really something that I've didn't really struggle with but I really had to learn at the same time so don't ever I mean I guess just like don't doubt yourself and like I just the theme of our talk is just do it because Eventually, you're going to have to do it. So just do it. So tell me about your biggest, your biggest outtake. Since, so it's Oh Goody got its name, right? And I'm calling it an outtake. I don't want to call it a, a failure or a mess up or a mistake or whatever, okay. right? But if we're looking at the outtakes of life, <laughs> what's your biggest out, what's the biggest outtake that's happened that, that comes to mind that really kind of changed and transformed something in the way that you process and you do business with a good you know people ask me that all the time and it sounds really like rude to say but it's like I can't really think of anything that's ever like gone so drastically wrong that it's changed the the vibe or the tempo or whatever like because I run a tight ship and I I can always anticipate what's gonna happen or how it's gonna play out or whatever um I just can say that I've learned a lot um just working with different personalities. A lot of times I feel like I'm a mediator between like the client and the vendor. And I play so many different roles. Um, I'm either like the head of the company and I'm doing all the, this is me. 
or I'm dealing face-to-face with a client or I'm dealing face-to-face with the vendor, which are two different, totally separate conversations. Right. But then I have to go back to being, you know, get those two sets of information and then make it come to fruition. So I'm really like every day having two separate conversations and making them one, um, making it come together and making it happen. So I've really, I think just the best thing that I've learned is obviously how to treat my clients and I treat them like gold. I would do anything for them and I work very hard, but I also do the same for my vendors. I work very Mm -hmm. hard for them and I want them to work hard for me Mm -hmm. and I treat them like gold as well because without them I wouldn't be here you are a mama bear there is no question that you are a mama bear that is one of the things that I have admired about you when it came to this business because you protect your vendors at no cost I mean you really stick up for them you make sure that they are not only producing a quality product but that they're also getting appreciated and fair treatment. Mm -hmm. You really do. And I mean, that is just admirable across the board because so many people take that credit, you know, planners and even I was a shopkeeper for so many years. And so, you know, even shopkeepers, like I had to always remember, and I was taught when I like my very first retail experience here in Corpus, I used to work at a little boutique Pilar and the owner of that always taught us to give credit to the, to the hand that made the product and know where everything came from. And you do, I mean, and you source locally and you are just always advocating to make sure that everyone's protected and everyone's paid and everyone is treated fairly. Right. I mean, I, I would want to be treated that way. And I mean, I just know as a vendor, sometimes myself, if I'm coming in under someone else or whatever, like I, I want to be proud of my work. I want my work to be respected. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, so that's just how I want my vendors to feel, but I also want my clients to feel that, you know, what they're paying for is the most important to me as well. Mm -hmm. But all those parts, the puzzle just all come together and 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 play as one I mean it has to be there's there's no like I might be like okay it's oh goody but really I have so many people who help make it happen it's ridiculous for me to stand there and say like oh well I mean look what I did no like I give them direction I tell them what I want we make it happen together but truly I mean they're the ones with the hammer in their hand and the this and that or whatever and they're making it happen Mm mm-hmm and it's tremendous. And having been to many of your events and having hosted your events, I mean, I can tell you that nobody does it like Oh Goody does it. Well, thank you. I try really hard. And I mean, it's not easy. There's a, you know, small town business is not, is not easy. So no, it's um, not easy. And seeing you, but you know, I mean, seeing you and how you've come, you're not from here and anyone knows. I mean, and it's like this in any town or city right I mean it's hard to break in right and you know even for people that are from here sometimes don't feel like they belong here and so you've really done such a tremendous job at making something that is so totally uncorpus so well I'm glad to I mean that was my 
that was my rule when I first came here. I was like, I don't know who's going to hire me, but here we go. And I got my first gig and it really was just like the icebreaker for everything. And I said to myself that day, I go big or go home. Like there's no excuse. Like I either just come in and just do what I know I can do because I've done this in San Antonio and in bigger cities or whatever. And I'm just going to keep doing what I know how to do. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to downgrade. I'm not going to do less or whatever. I'm just going to keep doing what I know how to do. And that's just kind of how I faced it. And go big or go home was really like, you know, my rule. And when I went through my divorce, everyone kept saying, when are you going to move to Dallas? Like, just go home. And I'm like, why would I? Mm-hmm. I'm so busy here. I, I would be nothing in Dallas in a sea of thousands of event planners. Why would I move there to be with my family? Yes, of course. I love them and I miss them every day. But why would I turn my back on the clients and the people and the venues and the vendors? It would break my heart. Mm-hmm. I, I just I can't even ever imagine how that would ever come to be. I just I, you know. I don't understand how I could do that. Um, I hear it all the time to like, you're too good for Corpus. You don't need to be here. You need to move to a big city. Well, why doesn't Corpus deserve the things that everyone else has? Like I see something on Pinterest. Why can't we have that? I can make it happen. Like it's not hard. It's not brains. It's not rocket science. Like I can make this happen. I'm making it happen on a a weekly basis as it is. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like Corpus has so much potential and it's getting there and it's baby steps of however you know it wants to break out of its little shell but at the same time like we're having cool parties cool things are happening here there's cool people here there's cool things happening just open your eyes and and see it like this so is happening many cool all things. the time mm-hmm. i mean why why don't why aren't we deserving of what every other big city has we totally are and we can do it and we are doing it that's what's so important that's right and you're part of that network. And I am so grateful for you, really, because I think that, you know, there are so many and so few, um, you know, women just in general. I mean, you know, as women, we're still part of that 1%, right, who, have, who are making their voice and pushing their way. I mean, this is still just it is still, the pot is still turning, right? And there's just still so much to do. And I'm just so grateful for you. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm just honored. I'm totally happy you (laughs) called me. And I'm so glad we filled more than an hour. And I hope everybody enjoys and learns something or, you know, whatever they want to take from listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you.